Hey, everyone. Today, we get to learn about giant success strategies, the leadership principles, the business strategies behind the success of Little Giant Ladders. And we've got the one and only Doug Wing on the show with us today to share these principles and strategies that he learned from his father, who's left an amazing legacy. You don't want to miss out. I'll be right back with you with Doug Wing. This is the Not Your Average Joe Show, where each week we bring you sales, marketing, and mindset strategies you need to get to your next level. And now, here's your host, international business mentor, Joe Soto. There we are. We've got the one and only Doug Wing with us. Welcome to the show, Doug. Hey, Joe. Good to see you again. Sorry about the little frog going on in my throat today, but uh, it's really great to to see you again, and it's fantastic to be on your show, and uh, I do appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much. Well, no, this was a no-brainer. I, I ordered your new book. We're going to talk about your new book, and uh, just fell in love with a lot of the stories. I had you know had you on the show before. We talked. We, we gave a sneak peek to some of the principles, but now I've got... Uh, you know, notes and questions. And so we're going to rapid fire for the next 30 minutes talking about some of these, these uh, um, strategies, these business strategies, these success principles, these leadership principles that, that I think can help everyone and anyone listening, whether yeah. you're an entrepreneur or whether you're just trying to level up in life. Um, I think this, there's a lot of profound messages that are shared throughout the book and uh, let's dive right in. Can we? For sure, yeah. This this can apply to anyone. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's first. Um, I'll show a picture of the book here. It is this giant success, which is why the title of this show is Giant Success Strategies, Leadership Principles and Business Strategies of Hal Wing, your father, who is the founder of Little Giant Ladders. Now, first of all, there's there's so many good stories in the book. I'm going to give everyone the kind of the framework of how the book's written. He shares stories throughout the book that were shared from people that were impacted positively from Howling throughout his lifetime. And some of these stories were pretty incredible. Um, with that, at the end of each chapter, you then kind of encapsulate the principles and the ideas, which I really liked how you did it, with the Howways, right? And the how How-Tos, um, which helps kind of materialize and give you the tactics and gives you the promptings, the questions right. at the end of the chapters, to help you integrate some of these principles in your in your life. And so we're going to share some of those on the show today. But Doug, talk to me a little bit. First of all, give me a give me a brief overview of the history of Little Giant Ladders and how your dad started the company. Um, there's and then I'm going to take it from there with some questions and kind of guide you on what I think the audience will really greatly benefit from since not everyone's read this book yet. Sure. Yeah. So this is the only company. Little history. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and the only company I ever worked for was able to work with my dad and for my dad for 47 years. But the company started um, in wow. 1972. So my dad was totally selling life insurance and it was in a totally different field, had no idea about ladders or anything like that. And um, he was in Germany because he was, <coughs> excuse me, bilingual and he spoke German and English. And they, this insurance company out of Salt Lake sent him over to Germany to open up an office there. And he had another uh, gentleman he worked with and his business partner over there 
a guy named Richard Miner saw the ladder, I think at like a home and garden show or something in Germany. And he came back and he was all fired up and he says to my dad, you got to see this ladder. And my dad's like, we're selling insurance. We don't want to, we don't want to do anything with a ladder. And, but he just kept persisting, persisting and um, ended up, you know, showing my dad, uh, eventually talking him into going and, and meeting with the guy that invented the ladder. And my dad was like, wow, this is an incredible product. And so my dad came home and told my mom, Hey, I'm going to quit my job. I want to sell ladders. And she's like, well, what do we know about ladders? And, it's like nothing, but we'll figure it out. And keep in mind, my dad was 25 years old, had seven kids. And um, so my dad actually went, we moved back to the United States. My dad bought, you know, like a sample, took it home and started showing people and um, door to door, house to house and all his friends, family, everybody. And he sold a container full of them. And so they, here's the funny thing is, is they ship it over and my dad has a list of everybody, you know, probably on a legal pad or something (laughs) and he gets the ladders in and every person, every person, um, just ghosted my dad on these orders and they, you know, like, Oh my, you know, my, my lost my job, my daughter's getting married. Um, you know, I'm going through divorce, whatever. And so here's my dad with a container full of ladders that he had pre-sold, but he made a mistake. He didn't get the money. And so anyway, he, he had to go around and, you know, sell these ladders all over again. And so he came up with a demonstration, a, a sales close, answers to objections. And he started going around door to door, house to house. And then eventually that turned into, you know, going to trade shows and fairs and, you know, the rest is history. And, yeah, this year is the 50th anniversary of of, the, of Little Giant. Yeah. Wow! Congratulations. Yeah, that's, that's so. amazing. I mean, you know, you're you're um in the book you talk about, you know, your dad your dad was willing to take the risk. Um, seven children, secure job, mm-hmm. you know, and he went all in on the ladder business. T- yeah. To, to the point where. He, you know, he ended up being on the road 300 days a year for the first few years, going out there and selling, selling the ladders. And for those of you who don't know, little giant ladders, you know, they're sold in Home Depot, Lowe's, right, right around, literally everywhere ladders are sold pretty much now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you post every once on social media, you know, different people that are using it, and sports teams have used it, and. And uh, he made a custom one for uh, the Utah Jazz, which was really cool for the mascot. I read that story in the book as well. Um, but this, uh, this one of the quotes that were in that early chapter, I think it was in the first chapter, was that um, he says, patience is a waste of time, which is his way of framing speed of implementation because he didn't wait around for anything. He just attacked it and went after it. And that's something we can all learn. But my one of my favorite early quotes, because he demonstrates it in the way that he ends up treating people later in the book, and a lot of stories that come out around how he treated people, was he says, the secret to becoming a great salesperson is to become a great person. Mm-hmm. And I think that really set the stage for the entire premise of the book about what you can become um, with the implementation and, and the adoption of a lot of these principles and strategies. You hit on something that you worked with your dad for, you said, 47 years? 47 years, yeah. That, that, which is incredible. Um, first of all, that you worked with your father for 47 years, along with your brother, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he says in the book, or I, either he quote, he was quoted saying it in the book, that he didn't start 
the business because he wanted to sell ladders. He wanted to be able to work with his sons. That he, it, that was more important to him. Did, did yeah, that come through and how he worked with you? Yeah, and he also said he didn't start the business to become wealthy. He started the business to work with me and my my brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, and the rest just kind of happened. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny because people would, you know, just come to my dad and say, I need a job. And he would, a lot of times he'd like, well, I don't have one for you, but I'll, we'll, we'll put you to work. And so, um, you know, it just kind of went from there and, um, you know, the company just started growing like crazy. And yeah, that's the sacrifice that my father put in was, uh, incredible. And I, I doubt that there's very many people today who would sleep in their car and, and brush their teeth in, in a, in a a gas station bathroom and, you know, he could only stay in a hotel probably, you know, he had to, he could only stay in a hotel maybe every fourth night or something. So, I mean, you know, he was, I mean, how many of us would do that today? It's just, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, I always say that people's skills trumps digital marketing skills. And I think his mantra would be people's skills trumps everything else in business based on how he, he uh, treated people. Tell us about, different ways that he made people in his company feel like um, they were also like owners of the company. What were some things that he did to make people feel like that? Well, I think my dad was a really good listener and he loved people. He really did love people and he wanted to help people. And, um, you know, most business owners, Joe, they come through the front door, they, you know, they'll say hi to a few people, but they'll go to their office. A lot of people, I've been in businesses where guys will come in and they'll just close the door and do their stuff. And then they leave. My dad literally went through the back door. Um, keep in mind, he had 400 employees and he knew every person by name and knew something about them. So I think that's huge when, when yeah. people know that you know who they are <clears throat> and you know what they're dealing with and you know the name of their kids and you know something about them and you take time to get to know them and talk to them and show them that you love and care about them is, is really um, something that not very many um, employers do. And that's something that I really worked hard at was to know everybody's name, something about them and spend time with them and show them that you really care about them. And then the culture he created there at little giant was amazing. It was more like a big family. You know, we would do little things like, um, you know, my dad came up with this idea. Hey, everybody that works for me is going to have their birthday off with pay. It's just a little something, but it made people feel like, hey, today's my birthday. It's special. I don't have to come to work today and I get paid yeah. to, to have my birthday off. And um, we, everybody in the management team, um, my dad, myself, my brother and our CEO and CFO, we would hand sign a birthday card every year for every employee and give it to them. Wow. And so, you know, just little things like that. Um, just, and how, well, you're talking about how many employees, Doug? Yeah. 400 plus. You know. <laughs> yeah. So for 400, that's 400 birthdays. Yeah. But the thing is, is, you know, you treat people the way you want to be treated and you, you know, you love them and you realize that when they succeed, everybody succeeds. And, you know, that's really the philosophy of, of how wing is. He, he was a builder of people, uh, yeah, he said he was in the ladder business, but really he built people and then his people, his employees built ladders and helped him succeed. You know, not, not to jump to the end, but one of the, in the, one of the ending chapters of the book, and it talks about when your dad passed away prior to passing away and being in the hospital and knowing he was end of life. And, mm-hmm. um, 
he actually left the hospital, went home. It said, put on a suit, went back to the company um, to address the employees with most everyone realizing this is the last time they would ever see him to essentially help them understand how important that they were to him as a family, not just as employees in the business. Mm-hmm. And then he went back and checked himself in the hospital, it said, and passed away a few days later. That was really an emotional, not to give away the end of the book, but an emotional way to cement how important the people in his company were to him. Yeah. I mean, he, he loved his people and they knew it. And, um, you know, he was so weak at that time, Joe, he couldn't even walk. He was white. I mean, white as a ghost, and he had to actually get on one of those little jazzy things and ride into Little Giant. Um, he couldn't walk. He couldn't stand. He was so sick, so weak. I'm telling you, there was not a dry eye in that place. Um, yeah. People knew that he, he loved him. He cared about him. He always said that the most um, important asset we have at Little Giant is not the patents, not the buildings, not you know our products. It is the people. And he yeah. believed it and he treated people that way and, and they loved him for it and he loved them. And um, I'm telling you, his employees, our employees would literally climb mountains for us because they knew how much we loved and cared about them. Okay. I mean, this, this, this was, um, you know, the entire book, I think was, it could have been a book on just culture because of how he treated people. But there were so many different examples of how he walked the talk. That was one of them. And I know I jumped to the end because it just stood out so profoundly in my mind. But in chapter um, three, you title it, uh, Choose to Love What You Do, which is different than do what you love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I really just sat and meditated on that sentence for a moment. And then the chapter went into some specifics. But choosing to love what you do, meaning meaning, you know, the, the work that you're in and, and, and choosing to enjoy not just the highlights of your work, but the actual work that's involved is something that your dad taught. Speak a little bit to that mindset. Yeah, he, man, my dad had such a great attitude. He, he was no, he showed no fear. He, he just always stayed positive and he loved, like I said, he loved what he did. He loved people. He loved our products. Um, he, he loved our company and, but really he loved, you know, what he did. He loved people and um, he just put everything he had. He had this incredible passion. Like if you ever go back and watch some of the infomercials that you'll still see, you know, he did that entire infomercial. They handed him a script that was like a, a ream of paper. And he just goes, I'm not doing this. He goes, I know what to do. I know what to say. And he did all of that off the cuff. And if you think about that, I mean, it was incredible. He, he just had so much passion for the product, for the company, for what we stood for and um, the people that worked for him that, you know, he, he just, he just uh, over, was overflowing with enthusiasm, with self-belief um, and just, he loved, you know, his love for his people and even people that we dealt with like vendors and um, bankers and things like that. He always said, if it's not a good deal for everybody around the table, then it's not a good deal. He treated everybody so fair, almost uh, more than fair. And, um, you know, if he erred, it was on being too generous, but man, it came back to him in spades. And, 
And uh, he kept his people. One thing is that I recognize about Little Giant is how loyal his people were to him because he was loyal to them and loved them. And man, I'll tell you what, like I said before, our people were so loyal to us. They worked. There's a guy in the book, Jerry Jessen. He's retired now, but he said, now think about the people that you've had as bosses as you were growing up, Joe. He said, I knew your dad loved me so much and cared about me so much that I didn't want to disappoint him. And that made me work even harder for him because I knew how much he loved and cared about me. Now, how many yeah. people have you worked for that you can say that about them as a boss? That you worked harder because of how you, they made you feel in yeah. advance. Not yeah. very many, I don't think. That no. You this guy loves me. This lady, you know, whatever, he or she, yeah. they love me so much. You know, I'm going to just bust my rear end for him. Yeah. As a uh, way of like honoring them back. That's amazing. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, it was just incredible that people felt that way about him and just knew that, that this was a great man and he loves me and he wants the best for me. Yeah. I love that. He, he t- he's, I, I also um, took a note. Uh, one of my favorite parts when he was talking about, there's two types of employees uh, that you have to watch out for. Uh, and he says, number one, the employee who doesn't want to do what they've been told. Um, and the empl- number two, the employee who does only what they're told. How, yeah. did that, how did that show itself in the company? Well, that's one thing that was really amazing, too, about my father is, is that, you know, he wasn't a micromanager. He, he knew um, the strengths. He knew where to put people in the bus, like, you know, the yeah. make sure that the square the square peg went in the, you know, the, the round peg in the round. And he knew he was so good about knowing where to put people and what their strengths and weaknesses were. And, um, man, he just, he was such a motivator and, um, he had this ability, Joe, to, I always tell people how wings saw people not in their current state, but he saw potential in people and what they could become and he had this unique ability to to build that and mentor that person. Like, for example, Ryan Moss, who's the CEO of the company, never went to a day of college and started out wow. low man on the pole in manufacturing, worked his way all the way up to the company and became CEO of the business and is still there as CEO. And Hal Wing had this ability to see that in Ryan. And That's Ryan's- incredible. Yeah, and he's a genius. I mean, he's the guy that, who developed all these products, these new technologies for Little Giant, and Hal Wing is the one guy that saw that. And, you know, a lot of us were like, whoa, why is he, what's he doing with this guy, you know? And, um, and, but he did. And so he had this unique ability to see talent in people and then to bring it out of them and to give them the confidence and, and really mentor people and, and bring out the best in them. He has a great quote in the book. And tell me if I get this right. He says uh, uh, that Hal planted the seeds, and we all get to enjoy the shade. Yeah, yeah, that was a when I interviewed. He planted I, all the, tr- the, the trees, and we get to enjoy all the shade. He said exactly, and that's the thing that you know is, yeah. is you read this book, and we would have nothing without Hal Wing. That guy yeah. sacrificed everything yeah. for that's us. That's legacy, and he built this huge. Yeah, like you said, this created this huge legacy. And, um, now it's up to, you know, I'm not longer with the company. We sold it, but, um, I think there's still that culture there of, Hey, we, we have this great business and let's yeah. continue to grow it and keep this legacy alive. There, there is a, one of, one of my, there's a lot of stories in the book and a lot of the stories are shared by people that you interviewed or who are willing to share how they got impacted by Hal's principles. And there was a story of, uh, that you tell in the book of, of, um, 
how there was a gentleman that was a 25 year employee who had a Timex watch who would always compliment Hal on his Rolex watches or on his watches. Mm -hmm. And one day he had a Rolex watch on and the employee stops him again and tells him how much he loves his watch. And he says, I've been thinking about that. I like your watch. And how about we trade? And he traded him his Rolex for the Timex, which I thought was brilliant. Um, And the impact that probably had on the employee that had been there 25 years, who had shown that type of loyalty, that had shown that type of dedication to his craft and work, did not, you know, did not fall by the wayside with with your father. I think that was that was a cool story. Yeah, that gentleman Gabriel, um, he's a real great guy, Hispanic guy who still works at Little Giant, and um, he's still there. Yeah, he's been there for a long, long time. Yeah, and he's still there. That's incredible. Uh, there's a, I wrote this down cause I, I'm going to use this. Um, he says, treat your employees like a campfire. Don't get too close to them that you get burned, but don't get, don't stay so far away that you freeze to death. I thought that was, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, that was a quote from my grandfather to yeah. my dad. And I will tell you that my dad probably erred a little bit on the closeness side, but yeah, he was he was good friends with so many of his employees and my father was really successful, but he did not have a lot of wealthy friends. He, he thought a lot of wealthy people were a little stuffy and kind of arrogant and he just hung out with a lot of his employees. He would take employees um, with him and my mom to Europe and pay for the entire vacation. Took so many people on trips to Europe with their spouses and paid yeah. for everything. He wouldn't let them pay for anything. And, and um, he was just such a giver. To, to, you know, we talked about at the beginning about how he, he took the risk to start the business. He went all in when he had security and a job. He had seven children he was providing for. What do you tell someone, Doug, who is afraid to take a leap or to take a risk um, in today's kind of world right now? Like the, the, we're, we're in a, you know, changing times. We're coming out of a, you know, crazy uh, you know, global pandemic and everything's trying to get back to normal. But what do you tell someone to inspire them to take that extra risk and go for it? Well, man, I'll tell you, I saw so many times where my dad rolled the dice. I mean, you know, a lot of people see Little Giant and they go, man, this is a great company and they made so much money and they're huge and everything, but it wasn't always like that. And there were so many times when we had our backs to the wall and I will tell you that self-belief is a big, big, big part of um, success. And also, you've got to put the work into it, right? You've got to have a good plan. But my dad had this incredible self-belief. There were so many times when people were like, we're going down, we're going to lose everything, and the company's going to implode. And there was one guy that some people would come in, I can't, you know, I'm too stressed out, I'm going to quit. And my dad's like, yeah, you can go work somewhere else. But we've made it. We've always made it and we're always going to make it. He had this belief and he just, we did. We always just made it through. But, and he also said though, Joe, that it's a lot better working for yourself than it is for other people. So, which I have come to learn that it is true when you're, you know, when you're the boss and it's your company, um, you know, it's, it's a lot, there's a lot of risks, but there's also a lot of rewards. And you know this as well, because you own several companies, but so I would, you know, I would just say that, man, this is the land of opportunity. We still live in the greatest country in the world. Yes, we're coming out of, you know, a a two-year thing where we had a pandemic and and people are hurting. I mean, but there's 
I, I see so many opportunities out there that as we come back out of this and go back into normal, um, you know, and the economy start, yes, we're in right now, we're kind of in a inflationary period. Um, and, um, but again, I do believe that we're going to come out of this and that there's going to be lots of opportunities, um, for those who, you know, are, and I would say, take calculated risks, you know, don't do anything crazy. Um, you know, know what your risks are, yeah. um, but you know, take, take a risk and take a chance, you know, and, uh, this is still a great country and, you know, good things can happen, you know, through a lot of hard work and good planning and, and, um, you got to keep your, you got to have a good attitude though. You got to keep your head into it. Um, Mike asked a question. He says, how, how would you start with a small company building the right culture with the balance and forth mentality with the younger generation looking for perks and bonuses elsewhere? Care more. How do you get them to care more? Um, you know, in, in today's day and age, you know, people, if they're at a job two years, it's like an eternity, but you're talking about employees that have been at Little Giant for over 25 years, you working for your dad and working with your dad for 47 years and really leading the company to that next level. Um, you know, you're very humble and very modest and in, in talking about your direct success that you've had, but you um, are also, were an instrumental, you know, spoke in the will to get that company to where it ended up growing to. So I applaud you. And I also know that, you know, you learned that, you know, learned a lot of these principles from your father, but I've heard it. I've heard other things supplemental to that come out from you. Um, how would you answer that? Like, how would you, how how about with a small, small company, how would you address the younger generation employees? What would you say? That's a tough one, Mike, because, uh, you know, we are living in a society now that, um, we are, um, people are kind of thinking they're entitled, right? A lot of the younger generation now uh, are thinking they're entitled. They come out, a lot of guys coming out of college and they're like, I want to make 200,000 a year. I want a big house. I want the fancy cars. And, and, um, you know, there's still good people out there. Uh, I would just pick people that have strong work ethics. Number one, my dad always, he grew up on a farm. And so, um, when we were looking for salespeople, um, or, you know, other positions, we would always try to find people who grew up with a real strong work ethic. Um, and where I lived in Utah, we have, um, you know, mostly our faith there is, um, LDS. And so you have a lot of young men and young women that go on missions for two years and go out and knock on doors. And we would always try to find somebody like that, that had a real strong work ethic. They worked on a farm or they, you know, they went on these missions and they, they had the people skills. And we also hired for attitude. That's what I would recommend is look for good work ethic, look for attitude. My dad says, we can teach people how to sell ladders or build ladders, but it's very difficult to teach people how to have a good attitude. And yeah. so my, my recommendation would be find somebody who doesn't have the entitlement mentality and they're out there. You're going to have to weed through some, find people who have a good work ethic and then find people who are happy and positive, And then you take care of those people. You mentor them, you take care of them and you incentivize them and then, um, you know, treat them very well and you'll be able to hang on to those people. He, uh, talks about, you, you have a chapter called change starts with me. And, and, um, I, t- I talk a lot about self-responsibility, um, what would be your advice to somebody who maybe is gets too caught up in the blame of 
external things, circumstances that happen in the world, or they're blaming people that they work with, or they're blaming their boss, or they're blaming, you know, failures that they've had. What kind of self-responsibility mindset, the change starts with me advice, would you give a young person who's watching this right now and maybe contemplating how do I level up and get to that next level of my business? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a good question. Um, You know, I grew up with a dad that, man, this guy had just this unbelievable self-belief. And, um, you know, some of that rubbed off on me, but, and I'm grateful for that. And my mom was the same way, you know, they just had, they just taught us that we could do anything um, in life if we worked hard enough and, you know, kept our attitude good and applied ourselves. And, and, um, and so I would just encourage people, you know, to <clears throat> educate themselves <clears throat> and, um, you know, like read good books, listen to good programs. Uh, I grew up with my dad, <clears throat> excuse me, Joe. And, um, my dad was either listening to Willie Nelson <laughs> on eight tracks or cassettes, or we were listening to Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn and all these. And, you know, when you're a teenager, you're like, what are we listening to all this stuff for? But, you know, some of that stuff rubbed off on me and, so sure. I would say fill your mind with really good positive um, things. I love that. And, um, you know, keep your mind because <clears throat> you think about it. There is so much negativity in the world today. And um, I would say fill your mind with good things and really work on yourself. Stay positive. Be a good worker. Do extra. If you go out <clears throat> and you work for somebody and you come to work 10 minutes before um, it, you're supposed to be there and you leave 30 minutes um, after everybody else and you just bust your rear end and you have a good attitude, you're going to go places and you're going to learn a lot. And people will take notice because nowadays some of the people that we have in the workforce will do the bare minimum and <clears throat> they'll complain, they'll have bad attitudes. But if you'll have a great attitude, work hard and outdo everybody else, you'll always be successful. There's no question about it. Yeah, my yeah, I, I asked my uh, the, the coaches a couple of years ago of my son's track team, and they're you know <laughs> they've won national cross country championships, and um, my son's been fortunate to be part of four state championship teams, being part of the uh, indoor and outdoor track seasons that they coached here for, and and um, they just they just uh, moved on a couple of years ago, but. I asked them one time, like, how, how are you guys so much better than all these other area track teams and cross country squads? Like what's, what's mm-hmm. the difference? And I'll never forget, um, Mark, who's the coach who answered me. And he said, I really think Joe, we just outwork everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, you, you think that's, that's the secret sauce. Like I'm, I want to, I want to hear the silver bullet here. He goes, no, he goes like, I've shared our workout plans with other coaches. I've been complete open book to what we do to train. And I just don't think there's a team that works as hard as our kids do and will follow a program that kind of requires and asks that type of work ethic from the kids. And as a result, you know, my son has been, uh, you know, a, a, a runner and going to be competing in, at a Division One university this fall and and uh, because of that work ethic that was instilled through his team as well. So sometimes it is just about outworking other yeah. people. How we Howling had these, all these quotes are in the back of the book. And one of them was the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah. And there is truth to that. Yeah. He, he just outworked people. And I'll give you an example. We had every uh, year, the salesman had to work in 
manufacturing for one one week called and they called it Hal Week, but then the guys changed it to Hell Week because it was like you know two a days in football or whatever. Yeah, yeah, hard. But I'll tell you what that taught the sales guys um, two things. One, it gave them an appreciation for those that were building the products and that did that day in and day out for years. And then two, it really helped them to know when people would come in and they'd say, well, why do you weld this rung here? Or why do you put that rivet there? They'd say, Oh, I know why, because I built those ladders. But the first guy that was out in manufacturing, even in his seventies, sixties and seventies building ladders every year was Hal Wing. (laughs) Now think about that. Here's the, the owner of the company, the chairman of the board, the guy that, is a multimillionaire and he's out there building ladders leading by example. How do you think, what do you think that message was to the other sales guys and to the people that were here? He was rubbing shoulders, yeah, running punch presses with guys that were making $15 an hour. And here's a guy, you know, who's worth so much money and he's right there with them. And what do you think that message was to the other employees? It was like, wow, this guy's unbelievable. You know, he loves us. He cares about us. He, loves this company and um, he sets the example is incredible. You talk about, you know, he, he did these, he went, he went over to Bobby, he did extra things. He, one of the, one of the funnier, one of the funny stories in the, it wasn't really funny. I just thought it was really intriguing was that he would dress up. He loved Halloween. So he'd dress up for Halloween and he would go out and pass out oversized candy bars, giant size candy bars, King size candy bars. Yeah. To um, the kids in the community, you'd go to main street, it said, and, and that they still kind of they still do that today. They will yeah. honor him on Main Street and pass out giant size uh, candy bars um, during Halloween because he used to love to dress up and go do that kind of thing. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, my dad had this humongous heart. I mean, and he just loved people and he'd dress up. I mean, uh, <laughs> and, and, and his, you know, he'd come in all these outfits and walk by <laughs> and, and give. He would hand all the employees, you know, a great big Kit Kat bar or whatever, and yeah. Costco and order these and uh, you have cases of them come, but yeah, he was so, he was so amazing. His generosity was just over the top and um, what a great guy to work for. I mean, you know, just, just an unbelievable human. And the thing about that I love about his giving was he did most of his giving. I mean, 99% of it was all anonymous. People had no idea who it was and it was just, it was just amazing that way. Yeah. And the people that did know, he asked them not to say anything. Of course, after yeah. he passed on, a lot of them thought, well, it's okay now to share that he bought a car for people. He would buy, you know, he really just took care of people, like you said. And, um, you know, I think that this people first, this people center, this people first mm-hmm. strategy in your business can go a long way. He let faith guide him. The principles behind his faith um, kind of dictate that moral compass for him. I think that was a big, big lessons in the book. There's so many stories like this, everyone in the book, but, you know, you've already heard all these little principles, even in the short time that we're here together, Doug, where can people get a copy of the book? I heard they can get a copy of a signed copy of the book, right? Yes, they can. Of course it's available, you know, like at Amazon and Barnes and Noble, but if you go to dougwing.com or giantsuccess.com, either one, dougwing.com has a, has a place where they can order as well. So um, yeah, if you want to, if you want to get a signed copy of the book, they're available in paperback or hardback and, um, we can take care of that for you and get one sent to you. But um, this book is great because as you were talking about, uh, Joe, is, you know, whether you need help in your family relationship or whether you need help, you know, in your business or um, 
anything that you're working on, this book can help you in any situation. I mean, even as a married couple, you know, um, you know, the, the principles that are in this book are, um, are, are, you can use them for, for any relationship, uh, any relationship. And you know, what was incredible is this book from day one, the day, the first day that this book went live, I mean, it was number one in its category on Amazon. And I will say that the reason for that is it's not anything that Doug Wing did, but these stories are so incredible and people are so touched by these stories of Hal Wing. I'm just the guy that put them all together, but he was such an incredible human that, um, you know, that that just took off. So they can go to giantsuccess.com or they can go to, um, dougwing.com and they'll find their way to this yes uh, page as well and they can order a signed copy directly off your site exactly yeah yeah perfect so anyway um yeah just a just an amazing man and um in this book we teach you you know how to apply those things into your lives and um to put people first you know on the building at little giant there's a plaque that's actually screwed right into the building that says if you concentrate on building the business and not the man you will not achieve. But if you concentrate on building the man, you achieve both. And so, you know, Zig Ziglar said it another way. You can get anything you want to in life as long as you help enough other people get what they want. And that's really the philosophy of, of how Wing was build people and um, the rest will come. The rest will come. And it does. I mean, it, it, in my life, I've seen that uh, take care of people, build them, help them, love them, serve them. Um treat them the way that you want to be treated and the rest will, will come. Tell us a little bit about, um, you have a new project coming out too. You're working on a different type of book. Uh, Yeah. So I, about two months ago, I was having dinner in Scottsdale, Arizona with uh, Mark Victor Hansen, who's wildly successful, you know, with chicken soup for the soul co-creator. And um, I'm telling, you know, I'm, he's asking me, you know, some stories about this book. I'm telling him some stories. And he said, check your phone. I just endorsed your book. I'm giving you an endorsement for giant success. And he wasn't my publisher, which is really kind of unheard of. And, um, I was like, wow, thank you very much. And when dinner got over, he looks at me and he says, people need to know about you. They need to hear your message. There's something about you. He goes, I can't describe it, but he said, I love Halloween. I didn't even know him. I knew of him. And he goes, and I love you. And he goes, um, I would like to sign you to a publishing contract, a three-year publishing contract. And I was like, to do what? And he's like, we're going to write books together. So I'm actually working on, a, and he awesome. does a lot of fiction books right now. Um, but what we're doing is, is he said, I know you have a lot more stories about your business and your life and your father's life. And he says, I want to do an entire series. They will be true stories but we will fictionalize the characters and there'll be an entire series about uh, you and your father. And so um, I'm actually working on the first book right now with, with their company and it's going very well. I'm excited. I, you know, I, I retired um, at 55 years old yeah, and uh, was fortunate enough to, to do that. And I was like, okay, I got involved in some, you know, real estate and other things nothing really day to day. And I'm like, what am I going to do with my life um, the next, you know, several years? And it's really interesting, um, Joe, when one door closes, another door opens. Yeah. Never in my wildest dreams did I think that this, you know, I knew I was going to do this book 
for a legacy and to help people. But never in my wildest dream did I think I was going to write other books. And now this is turning into speaking engagements and sharing this message of, you know, how wing and my experiences in life with how to work with people. And it's just been incredible. I'm so blessed. I just, I love it. Well, I'm so excited to be in your orbit here and have you on here. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us, to share some of these stories of inspiration, writing the book, getting these stories out there. I agree with Mark. <laughs> I work with Mark, you know, on a couple of different things and, and uh, I, I couldn't ag- agree more. And I know that him and Crystal are excited to be working with you and I can't wow. wait. To, I can't see wait to see what's next from you, Doug. And and I know that the speaking engagements are starting up and they're getting. They're, they're, I'm going to be in Scottsdale sometime in the fall and hope to have you come speak to the group. And and uh, wow. I just love to uh, to be able to see what see what you're doing here and appreciate you getting getting this message out there. This is awesome. Well, I you're way too kind, you know. And I I always say I give Hal Wing all the credit. I mean. <laughs> He's an incredible mentor, incredible dad, incredible boss, you know? Of course. I always tell people, you know, there were times that my dad got after me and I deserved it. But one thing that was incredible about him, even as a boss, if he had to, you know, kind of chew your ear a little bit, he always came back afterward and showed that increase afterwards, an increase of love to his employees. And I think that that was part of his success is, you know, if, if you deserve to, you know, kind of get chewed on a little bit, he would do it. But then he came back and told you why he did it, how much he loved you and valued you and appreciated you as, as, you know, me as his son, but also as, you know, to his employees. And he was just, he just had this huge, amazing heart and the love he had for people is, is, was just, just over the top. And that's a family and parenting lesson as well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like William James was the first to say it, he was one of the first people to write on the subject of psychology. And he says, the greatest human needs that need to be appreciated. And your dad embodied that in everything that he did at his company. And I think that being able to show that to your children, to your employees, to your um, spouse is uh, something to take to heart. So. Yeah, for sure. You know, like I said, when my dad passed away, um, I remember the governor of Utah, Gary Herbert, he, he gave the, he gave a talk and he said, Hal Wing always told people he was in the latter business. That wasn't true. Hal Wing was in the people business. Yeah. And so what a, yeah, what a tribute to him is, and, and to, and I'm grateful that I can share these uh, principles and philosophies and, and um, with the world, because I, I know, you know, I've been told this book really is going to make a difference. And that just makes me so, so happy to be able to help other people. And, and in any relationship, like we talked about before, you know, whether it's family or spouses or, or friends or, or, um, you know, in business relationships and with customers too, you know, if you take these principles and you start treating your customers this way, wow, watch yeah. out because your business is going to grow like crazy. Yeah. What a, such valuable insight there because, you know, you've taken the, the, the principles outside the, you know, from inside that were, that were fostered inside the company and grew the company to be great. And now you're paying tribute and helping people in their own companies and their own businesses be able to implement this to to grow, and we're all in the people business. That's the lesson of the day to take from from Doug here. Um, that's it for our time, Doug. I I appreciate you. I hope you come back again. Can't wait to see your next book come out. I'm yeah. sure everybody's going to be lining up for it. In the Can't meantime, wait. God bless you, and thank you for being on here. Thank you. Tell your tell Linnea hi and your kids and everybody, and uh, I, I look forward to seeing you in in Phoenix when you come. I look forward to it. 
I can't wait. I can't wait. See everybody. See you next week on the Not Your Average Joe show. And as you can see, Doug, definitely Not Your Average Joe show. If you haven't gone to giantsuccess.com, giantsuccess.com yet and picked up your copy, go do that. Sign copy on your way from Doug if you do. Doug, until next time. See everyone. Tune in next week for the Not Your Average Joe Show with international business mentor Joe Soto.